Thank you for tuning into Weathering the Storm podcast, a work of Scattered Abroad, which is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. That's scatteredabroad.org. In this podcast, our goal is to help us weather the storms of life by looking to and sustaining an unwavering faith in God. Here is your host, Drew Suttles. Welcome back to Weathering the Storm, a podcast where we strive to weather the storms of life by sustaining an unwavering faith in God. I'm your host, Drew Suttles, and I certainly appreciate you being back with me. And I hope and pray that this season of Weathering the Storm has been an encouragement to you, and it has certainly encouraged me to know that there are those of you out there who are listening. So thankful to God for giving me this opportunity, and I'm very thankful that Weathering the Storm has now joined the Scattered Abroad Network, and thankful to be working with those good men as we strive to spread the gospel to as many people as possible through the avenue of a podcast. If you haven't already, please go check us out on scatteredabroad.org. That is our website. Uh, Go like us on Facebook. Find us on Instagram. And most importantly, we ask that you pray for this effort. Again, as we are striving to glorify God through this avenue of a podcast. This is season three of Weathering the Storm, but it is season one of this podcast on the Scattered Abroad Network. And this is episode 17. And in this season, we've been looking at biblical examples of those who had to face some very difficult storms of life, but they were able to overcome them. They were able to weather them. And our goal is to look at their example, to learn some some of the qualities, some of the things that they did, and we can apply those to our lives in hopes that it will help us to weather the storms that we may face. In our last episode, we closed out a five-part series on the prophets. We looked at Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, and Habakkuk. But now we come to our final few episodes of this season, and we want to go to the New Testament. We spent the entirety of this season in the Old Testament, but now I'd like for us to go to the New Testament and look at some individuals who were able to weather the storm. And certainly we have a wonderful list here of great men. Number one, we're going to study today about John the Immerser. In our next episode, Lord willing, we're going to look at the example of Peter. After looking at Peter, we're going to look at the example of the Apostle Paul. And we want to break that up into two parts. And then as we close out this season of weathering the storm, we're going to look to the greatest example. And that, of course, is the example of Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God. And so I'm excited about these final few episodes. And I hope that uh, we can all uh, learn much from this, myself included, that will help us to weather the storm. And so as I mentioned today, I want to look at the example of John the Immerser. Who exactly was John the Immerser or John the Baptist? John was a man sent from God, John 1.6, to prepare the way of the Lord. We find this in Isaiah 40 and verse 3, as well as Malachi 3, 1 and 2. He was a prophet who was well respected by the people. The people heard him gladly. Uh, the people came to him. He preached a message with boldness and with love, and the people responded, for the most part, very well. His name was divinely given, Luke one thirteen, and his name means Jehovah is gracious. He was the son of Zacharias and Elizabeth, who were both righteous before God, Luke one six. He was the cousin of Jesus, about six months older. And he was known as the Baptist, which simply means he was an immerser, or one who administered immersion, Matthew 3.1. His name is in no way associated 
with the Baptist denomination, a man-made denomination. And so you'll hear me reference throughout this episode John the Immerser to eliminate any kind of confusion to that man-made denomination. Our goal today is to bring out two great qualities of John the Immerser that if we will apply to our lives, I believe it will help us but to weather the storms that we may face. In the first place, let's consider the fact that John the Immerser was a man of integrity. He was a man of integrity. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to John chapter 1. John chapter 1, as we look into this great quality of John the Immerser. We first hear of him there in verse 6. It says, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light, that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. And that was a true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. And so this speaks to his purpose of preparing the way of the Lord. Again, Isaiah 40 and verse 3. That was his mission. His mission was not to bring people to himself, but rather to prepare people from, for the Lord who was coming after him. So extremely important to consider his work. But as we continue thinking about his integrity, let's drop down to verse 19. This is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but he confessed, I am not the Christ. And they said, well, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? A reference back to the Old Testament, looking for that prophet among the brethren, Deuteronomy 18. And he said, no. And they said, well, who are you that we may give an answer to those who sent us? What do you say about yourself? You know, that's a great question, isn't it? What do you say about yourself? And you think about John and, and someone who'd been prophesied about in the Old Testament, someone who, who you know, had righteous parents, someone who was a godly man. There's so many things that he could have said, so many ways he could have responded. But let's listen to his response. He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. And so those who were sent from the Pharisees, and they asked him, saying, Why then do you baptize if you're not the Christ, if you're not Elijah, if you're not one of the prophets? Who, who are you? And he said, I baptize with water, but there stands one among you whom you do not know. It is he who coming after me is preferred before me, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. Here, here we see a man of integrity, and the word integrity means strict adherence to a code. It's this idea that here is my mission, here is my purpose, and nothing is going to derail me from it. We think about so many individuals in Scripture who, who were men of integrity. I think about Joseph. When Potiphar's wife kept coming after me, he said, how can I sin against God? How can I do this wickedness? He maintained his integrity. What about Job? Remember, Job's wife even said that, curse God and die. And yet he maintained his integrity. We can think of so many examples of individuals who did that. And no doubt John the Immerser fits the bill. Strict adherence to a code. His, his mission, his purpose was to prepare people for the Lord and to point people to him. And I love John one twenty nine, as well as verse 30, 36, where we find the phrase from John, looking to Jesus, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. But as we think about John, and, and we can go through this, this great chapter, and no doubt there's a lot said in John 1 and, and John 3, which we'll come to later. But I'd like for us to go back to Matthew chapter 14 for a moment. 
Matthew chapter 14. This is where we really see the integrity of John the Immerser shining through. In Matthew chapter 14, we read about the death of John the Immerser. Read about the event in which he was beheaded. And I, I want to give a little bit of background information to what takes place in this chapter. Herod Antipas was the son of Herod the Great. You remember what Herod the Great tried to do? He wanted to kill all the infants. When Jesus was born, he was able to get out, of course. But Herod Antipas was an egotistical and wicked ruler. He was married to the daughter of Aretas IV. But on a particular trip to Rome, he stopped to visit his half-brother Philip, and he was smitten. He, he was enamored with Philip's wife, Herodias. He influenced her to leave his brother, and then he divorced the wife that he had. So Herodias and Antipas entered into an unlawful relationship. On Herod's birthday, the queen's daughter danced in a very seductive way. Herod was pleased with, the, with this, and he offered the, 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 his, the daughter, he offered her whatever she wanted, which consulted by her mother was the head of John the Immerser, and that's Mark 6, 25. You can also find this information in Mark, or Matthew 14, rather. But let's think about this and look at the text. Matthew 14, if you have your Bibles open there, I want you to notice the integrity of John coming through. At that time, Herod the Tetrarch heard the report about Jesus and said to his servants, This is John the Immerser. He's risen from the dead. Therefore, these powers are at work in him. For Herod had laid hold of John and bound him and put him in prison for the sake of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife. And notice verse 4. Because John had said to him, It is not lawful for you to have her. We read that uh, the head of John the Immerser was put on that platter. And Herodias, even though it grieved him to do it, he had already told her he was going to do it, and he went through with it. So he lacked the integrity. But John the Immerser was one who had great integrity. Think about him standing before Herod Antipas and saying, it is not lawful for you to have her as a wife. The boldness, the integrity, the character that comes through with John is, is so powerful. You know, many preachers today shy away from preaching and teaching on tough subjects, such as social drinking, modesty, gambling, and certainly marriage, divorce, and remarriage. So many will take the pulpit and, and say whatever makes the people happy. But you know, sometimes the truth, it hurts. But it does not change what the truth is. Paul told Timothy, preach the word. You've been instant in season, out of season. In other words, you preach it when it's popular, when it's not popular. You preach it when they want to hear it, when they don't want to hear it. You reprove, you rebuke, you exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine, 2 Timothy 4.2. And so every gospel preacher has the responsibility to speak the truth, to speak, speak the truth in love, yes. But no doubt we are to speak exactly what God has revealed in His Word, not adding to, not taking away, not trying to be men-pleasers, but striving to please God through the avenue of preaching. John spoke the truth regarding marriage, divorce, and remarriage, did he not? There in verse 4, it's not lawful for you to have her. Y'all have no right to be in this relationship. And every gospel preacher today must make that same stand. You know, the truth regarding marriage, divorce, and remarriage is found in Matthew 19.9. Because whatever Jesus says on the subject, that trumps whatever man has to say. It trumps whatever situation or whatever scenario we try to come up with. Jesus said, except it be for fornication. Therefore, that's the only exception 
and we consider that divorce. We have to make sure that we understand what Jesus is saying there. And again, Matthew 19.9 is the standard, and anything else is automatically error because it does not line up. It's not in harmony with what Jesus said. And so we learn from John the Immerser that he was a man of great integrity. And so even though he lost his life for speaking the truth, he, he stayed the course, did he not? He weathered that storm, that even being in that difficult spot, he was not going to shy away. He was not going to change. He was not going to be derailed from his purpose or for his mission. And so we learn that he was a man of great integrity. But number two, and finally today, let's consider that John the Immerser was also a man of humility. He was a man of humility. Go with me to John chapter 3. John chapter 3, beginning in verse 22. We noticed earlier in, in our text from John 1 that he told the people, I, I baptize you with water under repentance, but he who's coming after me is mightier than I. I can't even unloose his sandals. I'm not worthy to do so. But in John chapter 3, we really get, really get a glimpse into his humility. Let's begin there in verse 22. After these things, Jesus and his disciples came into the land of Judea, and there he remained with them and baptized. Now John also was baptizing in Anon near Salem, because there was much water there. And they came and were baptized, for John had not yet been thrown into prison. Then there arose a dispute between some of John's disciples and the Jews about purification. They came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who is with you beyond the Jordan, to whom you have testified, behold, he is baptizing, and all are coming to him. John answered and said, A man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. You yourselves bear me witness that I said I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. He who has the bride of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is fulfilled. And then listen to verse 30, one of the greatest statements of humility found in the scriptures. John says, he, speaking of Jesus, must increase, but I must decrease. He who comes from above is above all. He who is of the earth is earthly and speaks of the earth. He who comes from heaven is above all. And what he has seen and heard, that he testifies, and no one receives his testimony. He who has received his testimony has certified that God is true. For he whom God has sent speaks the words of God. God does not give the Spirit by measure. The Father loves the Son, has given all things into his hand. He who believes in the Son has everlasting life. He who does not believe the Son shall not see life. But the wrath of God abides on him. Here we also see his integrity brought back out, don't we? Think about John and speaking this truth. He was one who, who preached the message of repentance. On one occasion, he called the religious leaders a brood of vipers. He did not shy away from speaking truth and being bold. But what a great example of humility. He must increase, I must decrease. You know, when they came to John asking about who he was, he, he could have beaten his chest and said, you know what, I was sent by God. The prophets wrote of me. Look how many people I am baptizing. Look how many people are coming to me. Look how righteous and godly I am. But he didn't. That was not his approach at all. His main focus, his, his purpose, his approach was, don't look at me, look at the Savior. Don't come to me, come to, go to him. And so he was a humble servant to God who performed his task and mission beautifully. His task, again, was to prepare the way of the Lord, and that's exactly what he did. 
His ultimate goal was to point others to the Son of God. And that ought to be our goal as well. It's not about me. It's all about Him. It's not about my glory. It's all about His glory. And we learn from John the importance of practicing humility. And so as we bring our episode to a close and we make the application as we always strive to do, let's think about these two qualities and the importance of applying them to our lives that we may be able to weather the storm. First, like John, we as Christians ought to be people of great integrity. You know, we we preach an an unchanging gospel in an ever-changing society. And even though it's not popular in many places, we still have a message to proclaim because it's not our message to withhold. It's important that we stick to the truth of the gospel, that we do not add, we do not take away. As God told Joshua, we do not turn to the right, turn to the left, but we boldly, with love, proclaim the truth. And God's commandments are true. Psalm 119, 172. His word is true. John seventeen seventeen, And the truth is the only thing that will make people free. John eight thirty two. In the second place, like John, we as Christians ought to be people with great humility. God resists the proud, but he gives grace unto the humble. James 4, 6. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. James 4, 10. We are to be humble servants for the Lord. In fact, Jesus said, I came not to be served, but to serve, and to give my life a ransom for many. Now, if the Son of God can say that, we too must be able to be humble and be humble servants. And then in Philippians 2, beginning in verse 5, Paul said, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What kind of mindset did he have? He was humble. He was obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Focusing on that humility of our Lord, we, if we want to be like him and we're going to follow in his steps, we need to be people of great humility. John the Immerser faced a lot of storms. And ultimately, he lost his life for speaking the truth, but he died with honor. And Jesus made this amazing statement about John. Among those born of women, there is not one greater than John the Baptist. Matthew 11 and verse 11. What a great example for us as we face difficulties in our day-to-day walks of life, as we face challenges as Christians. But listen what else Jesus said in that same verse. But he who is least in the kingdom is greater than he. What a privilege to be a child of God. What a privilege to be a member of the Lord's church. And what a great, wonderful honor it is to open up the word of God and to learn much from those that we find in Scripture, like John the Immerser, a man of integrity, a man of humility. And so may we be the pe- be people of integrity. May we be people of humility, that we may be able to glorify God and that we may be able to weather the storm. Thank you so much for listening, and God bless. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Scattered Abroad Network. If you would like to email us, you can do so at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. That's thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. Remember, you can check the show notes below for all of our social media platform links. Also, don't forget that you can find us on all major podcast platforms and please leave us a rating or review. We hope and pray that this has helped you grow closer to Christ even though we are scattered abroad. May God bless you.